Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show is Dan from CrossFit Amoskag out of Bedford, New Hampshire and Concord, New Hampshire. Um, so, Dan, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm excited to have you on. Um, but before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on and how you run your CrossFit facility, first tell us a little bit about what made you want to start the gym in the first place. Uh, yeah. Um, well, I, at this gym specifically, I kind of started as a member. I had found CrossFit a few years earlier and um, <clears throat> just needed to switch gyms. Ended up finding Amiskag. It had just opened at the time and uh, jumped in as a member, um, kind of then got thrown into coaching, and eventually, I'd really say sucked, sucked into ownership um, uh, because of my background, which was I started as a personal trainer close to 20 years ago now, um, working for Bally Total Fitness, and I worked my way kind of up their ladder to be the head of their fitness um, department in a couple of different locations uh, and then moved on to run a small um, personal training specific studio called Fitness Together and at that point kind of hit a wall and realized that I wasn't sure if the business was right for me. It was long hours and all the things that anybody who works in gym kind of knows can be difficult. It was a lot of fun in my twenties, but by the time I was kind of in my thirties and it was time to start a family, we needed to think about a more steady schedule and maybe more steady pay. And so at that point I went back to school and I got licensed to be a physical therapist assistant. Um, and uh, when I graduated was when my son was born and my wife was struggling to get back into fitness. And I, saw this CrossFit thing and was like, hey, I think this would be cool. And I've always wanted to do it. We jumped into it. I went off and treated people in a physical therapy clinic, just like a, a regular physical therapist assistant, loved it, learned a ton. Um, but the fitness industry sort of always kept tugging me back. And no matter what gym I walk into, I always felt the need to kind of stick my nose in a little bit. And eventually when this gym was at a place that they needed somebody to run it full time, I got tagged in. Um, and here I am four years later doing this whole thing full time. And we got two of them now. Nice. Kind of like a right place at the right time situation. Sounds like you had something like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, perfect. Okay. So I would love for you to give the listeners like your kind of elevator pitch on CrossFit Amoskag. How do you describe it to someone who's never been in before? Yeah. What I tell everybody is that most importantly, CrossFit for me and for our members is the most fun way to exercise. We're an amazing community of people. Um, being around people nowadays, I think, is huge with everyone kind of working from home. So, um, you know, and we definitely go by that moniker of best hour of your day. Um, I always call it adult recess, uh, which, which is what it reminds me of. It's a, an hour of my day where my friends come and we all play together. And, you know, I think about myself as a 10-year-old boy and I go like, yeah, that was my favorite thing to do then. And then I became an adult and kind of went away. Um, so for me, it's the most fun way to fitness. Um, and it's also crazy effective. 
Definitely. I love that. Can you tell us um, a few of the services you offer? So like classes, open gym, tell us about that. Yeah. So, I mean, I call us a traditional CrossFit box and the fact that we run by the, we really are kind of Kool-Aid drinking CrossFitters from day one. I think I'm even wearing my OG sweatshirt today. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, so we have in our Bedford facility, we have our traditional CrossFit class, do eight classes a day. We have a workout of the day with a strength and a Metcon, but we also are able to offer um, 24 seven open gym because our gym is split in half. It's a very large facility. So on what we call the B side, which is the kind of second side of our gym is where um, we have competitors. We have people who are just kind of doing other things. So we also offer the open gym side and then we do one-on-ones um, both on ramps for new members, as well as personal training for people who just are looking to improve on specific things. Um, we have one-on-one -on -one nutrition coaching um, backed by working against gravity. So all of our coaches are certified that way. And then on top of that, we also have one of our coaches. Her name is Maggie, and she has a massage therapy clinic inside of our facility. And um, we also have a physical therapy clinic called Revitalized Performance that's run by one of our members um, inside the facility. So we really pride ourselves on being as holistic of a health and fitness place as you can be, really one-stop shop, which is super awesome. Um, and then 20 minutes north in Concord, we, we have your traditional 4,000 square foot CrossFit box. We run about five classes a day. Um, we do offer some flexible open gym time, but not a ton. We also do personal training. We also do the on-ramps there. Um, and the cool part is that one membership gets you access to both facilities. So the people who are 20 minutes north, if they want to drive down, they can get 24-7 access and all the things they're here in Bedford too. So it's a pretty sweet deal. And we have some members who literally go between the two. We run the same programming in both. So you never feel like you're disjointed. That's awesome. Yeah, it sounds like completely full service. You have everything from like rehab to CrossFit to open gym. So that's super cool that you offer all those things to your members. We even have socks at the front desk if you forgot yours for the day because everybody hates working out without socks. So we really pride ourselves in finding all of the sticking points that a member may have and, and solving them. That's amazing. Yeah, I hate like I'm coming from work in heels or something and I don't have socks on and then trying to work out. It's the yeah, <laughs> it's summer. It's, it's terrible. And somebody said something about it and we just were like, yeah, why not? And people take them all the time. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So how many members are you currently serving between the two locations? If I go all in, it's probably close to 300 people okay. um, total with uh, all the people come and go. We have over 200 um, between the two who are what we call our unlimited members. You know, those people that are coming four or five days a week, but then you have punch cards and drop-ins and all that stuff. Um, plus maybe some people that are, you know, you can add in the people that are tracking through for physical therapy or massages. So we're servicing probably close to 300 people, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Um, okay, so is 300 members somewhere where you want, are you you're comfortable sitting at? Or are you really trying to hit the gas and grow and get some new faces in? Yeah, definitely the gas, like the, the, the NOS, we need it all. Um, yeah, unfortunately, 
pandemic was definitely tough. We're not all the way back to where we where we started after we had to shut down, which was very difficult. Um, and on top of that, the the Conquer Gym was was something that we took over during pandemic because it was suffering and it was probably going to close. And some of the employees there also worked for us. And it was a, a cool place that we wanted to try to revive. So we're working on that. Um, but yeah, growth is the goal. Um, I think that anyone that comes here will tell you that our in-house product is absolutely awesome and top notch. And if you're a if you're a CrossFitter and you walk in, it's definitely a heck yeah. Um, for us, it's about getting the word out to more people what they're missing out on. Yeah, definitely. What are you doing now to aid in that growth process? How are you getting new people in the door? I'm really excited to, <laughs> that you asked that question because it's been one of my primary focuses. Um, um, definitely in the category of things I never thought I would be doing. And the answer is Instagram Reels. And um, the more ridiculous and silly, the better. Uh, we realized that there is a massive gap between what goes on in a CrossFit gym and what people believe or think or visualize goes on in a CrossFit gym. Um, and we realized that we just needed to get the word out there that I, and I, I'll say this over and over, most importantly, CrossFit is fun. Forget about the danger, the, the factor that people are afraid that they're going to get hurt because it's not true. Forget about whether or not a kipping pull-up is a viable pull-up or not, or whether you need to do a handstand push-up. What we know is that we're having a ton of fun. And I know that because I had, um, I signed up a member who came to one of our competitions. And he said, you know, I'd never been inside a CrossFit gym. I thought I knew it was going to happen. And then I walked in what I saw was so awesome that I was like, I got to be part of this. But how do you tell people that when CrossFit's kind of this hardcore thing that hurts people was the original perception. So the answer, I started dancing on the internet. Yes. And I am a horrendous dancer. Um, and it turns out that it's funny and it gets views and it works. So as a 44-year-old man who sort of is a little older and doesn't want to deal with social media and that stuff, I realized that we got to lean in. We need to separate ourselves and we need to get the word out. Um, so when we added socks to our front desk for people to grab, we did an Instagram reel on socks and people thought it was hilarious. So yeah, we got to go viral on the internet is the answer. For sure. Okay, so that's interesting. How many members do you think your social media brings in now, like per month? Like, is it targeting, like going viral? Is it targeting like New Hampshire in your area? Or is it just creating like an overall brand awareness? Yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> because the algorithm in Instagram makes no sense to me. Um, so there's really no way to know who you're going to hit and how or where. What I know is that certain things get sucked in and will hit thousands. I've had a couple go to like 2,000 views and like two-thirds of those were non-followers. So what I know is that I've made a math, I've made a nice jump in people who are following our content, which means they know that we're there. And I think that that was the biggest problem that we had in our Concord facility is people didn't even know that we're there. 
We're tucked into this little car yard. We wouldn't think a gym would be down there. So getting the word out that we're there, and I saw a major increase in people who were asking, can I join your gym? Oh, cool. Um, and pretty much when somebody specifically reaches out through our website and says, I want to look into joining your gym, they do. So I think the answer is, yeah, it's working, but it's really new. I started this in like mid-October after sitting through a five-part ESPN documentary on the Savannah Bananas, a baseball team out of Georgia that basically went viral. And I was like, well, this is the opposite of anything and everything that I've ever wanted to do. So the only thing to do is try it. Yep, definitely. That's yeah. how I am. Like when I look at something and it's not working, I just go like, okay, let's do the entirely opposite thing and see what that does. And so, yeah, I'm a content creator now. <laughs> yeah, you don't know until you try it, but that's amazing that you're willing to get out there and try it. A lot of people are just like intimidated by social media um, and so they don't even dive into it, but I'm glad that you started utilizing it. Um, have you dabbled in any like Facebook ads or are you just on Instagram? Yeah, we did. We did the paid thing on Facebook and I thought it was, uh, for lack of a better term, useless. Okay. Um, I don't like that term, but it, it didn't do what we needed to do. And I'll tell you, and I know the answer why. Okay. Um, I probably convert 80% of my leads to memberships, which is huge because they're super hot when we get them. They're, they've seen our stuff, they know what we're about, and they're interested in it. And, and so that's really good. So for me to increase my membership by maybe 15 members a month, I need about 20 to 25 leads, which isn't terrible, less than one a day. When I launched Facebook ads, and we did the traditional kind of ad that said something like, I'm looking for 10 women who need to lose weight after having babies, click here. We were getting 80 or 90 leads a month, which was awesome, but none of them were interested in actually joining. Um, not only that, they didn't know that they had clicked through a lot of times and that we had captured their info. Um, and when I spoke to an expert about it, he said, they said, yeah, that's the expectation. Now you need a sales team that's going to really push to these people. And, and that's just a gap that I don't have time to, to I don't have the infrastructure to fill. I don't have a bunch of people sitting on the phones making calls repeatedly or sending emails repeatedly. So it might work. Right. On top of that, after being in the fitness industry for 20 years, I've seen it all and I've done it all. From the you know holiday deal to the New Year's resolution to the bikini season, time to get in shape. And I feel like, and I've talked to some people that are 10 years plus younger than me, um, that the younger generation kind of sees through it. And it's not for them anymore. And they sort of can smell the, the kind of used car salesman pitch that used to work. And so we got I got to speak to that. And um, social media stuff and things that make you laugh certainly feels more authentic. And therefore, it seems that I'm getting a lot more engagement that way. And it's free. Yeah. So, yeah, we've tried other things. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like Facebook 
was getting you leads, but maybe not the leads you wanted. And then once you had the leads, there wasn't like a system in place to really get responses to all the inquiries that you were getting. Like maybe if you had like some sort of like automated system to respond to those inquiries that were coming in, it might've worked better. Mm, so um, they, when I spoke with a Facebook expert, he said, you need to hit these people like five to 10 times a day. Mm. Um, and we actually have automated stuff that goes out. And that's how I know my, the majority of the leads that I get, they submit through my website, they get an automated text message from me that says, hey, thanks, got your stuff. If you're interested, just text me back. And I get a text back all the time. And none of that stuff created, actually, most people would say, why are you contacting me? I never even clicked on this. It just, Facebook wasn't for us. Okay. And again, like, there was just something about that type of ad that just, it just didn't sit right with me. It didn't feel good. It's not the kind of ad that I want to post. I'm not trying to, you know, get that. I don't, I don't need 10 people who want to do that. I just need one person who wants to do CrossFit every day. Yeah. Um, and who really eats, breathes, sleeps, and, and wants to be part of our community. Um, and I think that if you go all the way back to the beginning, Greg Glassman, who did a lot of amazing things and said a lot of things that were awesome before he didn't, um, he, he said it's a slow trickle. You never want to flood. So I don't, if I get 80 leads and I convert 50 of those people, I'm going to overwhelm my community with so many new members that, my, that I'm going to lose people because people feel like they've got the secret entryway into the most awesome restaurant that nobody knows about. And they don't want to wait in line. And we've had it happen where we, a gym closed, 50 people jumped in and I ended up with a bigger mess than I thought I, than I should have had because I wasn't prepared for that. So for us, it's about adding a person or two at a time as we move through so that they can get brought into the community and it's a smoother process. Gotcha. What do you think is missing in order for you to feel prepared for like a large influx of new members? Is that like a, a staffing issue or like a systems? No, I don't think it's anything except that it's just you're overwhelming your community with new people. Okay. And, and so when you're in a class that say averages 12 people a day, and then that average goes to 13, and then to 14, and then to 15, and then eventually slowly across, say, a year to 17, you don't feel that there's a third more people. But when you were in a class of 12 yesterday and you walk in and 20 are there today, it's so people get overwhelmed and they just went like, oh, this doesn't feel the same anymore. Um, so by adding a lot of new people, I ended up upsetting the current, the current membership. So, and, and on top of that, it makes it really hard because you're trying to get all these new people to understand your culture. It's much easier to go like two or three people at a time, like, hey, this is how we do it. Okay, good. Now you are ready to pay it forward. So it's, it's a, I need it to be a constant moving wheel instead of just like a fire hose. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. Um, okay, so you've tried a little bit of paid advertising. Do you do anything with like word of mouth or like referral programs? Has that worked for you in the past? Tell me about that. 
Well, so word of mouth is huge, right? And and there are certain people that just champion your service and like they're the people that you know are bringing their friends. Um, and we're always looking to do that. I have never found a very specific program that 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 helps people to refer. There's never been a singular thing that all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, everyone's referring their friends. Do we, we ask a little bit here and there. We, we give people um, a referral bonus. You know, we take, take 50 bucks off their membership for the month. If they bring us somebody new as just a thank you. Um, and I think that CrossFitters are the type of people that are constantly recruiting. And I know every one of my members is like, I tell all my friends and they all know. And what we're trying to do is sort of change the messaging a little bit to make that maybe work differently um, because it hasn't worked so far in anything specific. And I've said this, I just had a meeting with my partners and we talked about it. There's not a singular thing that we've ever found that just pours gasoline on the fire and boom, it explodes. It's this little, it's, it's a game of inches. It's a game of ones and twos. Add, an, add one member here and keep one more member this month than we did last, right? But what we're trying to do is give our members reasons to tell stories about us. More than, hey, you should come to CrossFit because it's so awesome because I got my butt kicked. I can't walk for three days. I threw up and my back is broken, right? Like, it's not a great sale except to those of us that are somewhat psycho. Like when you say to me like, hey, there's a 10 foot cliff in the woods. We're gonna jump off it on a snowboard. I'm like, yeah, I'm in, great, I'm hardcore. But we need to soften it a little bit. And I always tell people like, yeah, there's those of us that just get on the ski, the ski slope, go to the top and come down the black diamond and hope for the best. But most of us need a little more of the bunny slope and progressing. So. What we're trying to do is show our members how much they mean to us. Um, I, I, again, I told you I watched that ESPN documentary on the Savannah Bananas and I'm an all in kind of guy. So I had to buy the book that was written by Jesse Cole um, and start reading it. And one of the things that he talks about is listening. I think he says, listen attentively and respond creatively. So, my one of my coaches her name is Danny she's what we call our joy girl her job is just to know everything about everybody and because she always does anyway and and tell me what I should know about them so that we can do awesome things so uh for example we heard a story about a gentleman his name is Andy his mother had had taken a fall um she was ending I think she was like laying in her living room for like 12 hours. He was super distraught about the whole situation and he was super down that morning. And when she mentioned it to me, I jumped on Amazon. He's a huge Van Halen fan. We bought him a coffee table book that was like Van Halen trivia and a shirt that said Van F and Halen on it. And we sent it to his house and we just sent him a little note that said like, hey, we heard you had a rough day. Hope this makes you feel better. Um, and this brings a smile to your face. We had another member, she had a hip replacement. She's been out for four or five months before she left. She was doing really well with pull-ups and it was a huge goal of hers. She hasn't made it back yet. 
Uh, Danny mentioned to me that you know this was going on with her and about this goal. So while she's rehabbing, we sent her a door, uh, a pull-up bar to put in the doorway so that she could work on her pull-ups again with a note just saying like, hey, we know this is this is what you were working on and, and it's not your fault that you can't work on it right now. So here's how we can help you. Um, we do it out of the goodness of our heart and because we love our members and I get such great joy from the things that we get to do for people every day. Um, and the other side of the coin is it, it makes the story. My gym is so awesome that they, they care about me so much that they versus like, hey, you should come join me because you're gonna get your butt kicked, lose weight, get in shape. Um, and, and, you know, that's, we've decided that instead of going out and spending $2,000 a month on Facebook ads to get 80 people emailing us who may or may not be interested, we're going to invest in our membership and give them reasons to tell stories about us. Definitely. Yeah. It sounds like you have client retention down. A lot of people can learn from that. You know, you really have to not just focus on leads coming in, but focus on your members as well and make sure they're happy and part of a community. And um, it sounds like you have that nailed down for sure. That's an amazing story for our listeners. Thanks. I mean, here's the, the lucky thing for me is that I didn't start this thing out as a crossfitter. I started this thing out at Valley Total Fitness, was, which was corporate. And we, we got sent to meetings and learned stuff. You know, they taught us to sell. They taught us the basics of things. And one of the key components to keeping my business, because I would get a monthly uh, goal to hit financially that then led to bonuses for me, which was about 50% of the money I was making at the time. So it was very important was that retention was the, the money you're already earning is the easiest money to keep. And the harder stuff is to get new people. And so that was my philosophy when I jumped into CrossFit. And it's the opposite, I believe. I think that getting the new people is easy. They're always coming. People are always interested in CrossFit. Fitness is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and more and more people. But the retention is the hardest thing ever because when you add 13 people but you lost 15, it's painful. So I really was like, we need to button the doors up, you know, button this thing up as much as possible. And I, I love hearing you say we have it down because I don't think we do. I'm constantly beating my head against the wall, figuring out what more we can do to keep people an extra day, an extra week. Um, but we don't do any memberships that are committed. So it's a month to month thing. And so I just go like, hey, it's my it's our job as a team to earn them back every single day every time they leave i have to give them a reason to come back so um because i can't it's great that we're getting new members but if i'm losing people i'm dead i'm just dead and it, it's frustrating when that happens so i don't feel like we have it down but it's one of the things that i focus on every day good yeah as long as you're focusing on it i think that's that's a great improvement and it sounds like you really care about your members and that's really the first step i feel like um, so one more question for you, what would be like your ideal, let's phrase it this way. If you had a magic wand and you were going to wave it tomorrow and both of your gyms are, you know, the way you envision it, like what would be your goal with the businesses, both of them? Are they full of members? How many classes, more locations? Tell me about that. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to be able to say it this way. I would love to be able to put about 15 people per class in my Bedford location every day. So we have eight classes a day. Right now, 
I get about 60 workouts a day. I'd love to get that up to like 80, 80 plus workouts a day um, and more. So like 12 to 15 people, I think would be great for eight classes a day. In the Concord facility, somewhere in the eight to 10 range for those five classes would be great. And then being able to expand that schedule a little bit would be good. Um, we, as a company, have talked about expanding beyond the two to three or more, but um, until we feel like we really have the systems and processes in place at number two, I'm not comfortable expanding to number three. It's very interesting experience when you add a second one. Um, it's not the same. And you really have to have systems and processes in place so that I can manage that from a distance with somebody in there kind of working for us. And so I feel like if I can get it to work, then it will be something that I can expand upon. But until I get there, I'm not ready to do that. Um, and then also we um, are also kind of dabbling in the real estate thing as well. So we're not just trying to grow gym wise. We're trying to add other ways to um, uh, we already were, were able to add a condo to our, an Airbnb to our uh, portfolio. And that's something else that we want to expand upon. So like, if we're like taking over the world, you know, like, then there's like five Amiskags and we have a bunch of real estate and everyone's having a good time for sure. Awesome. I love that. Yep. I love that you're growth minded and have big goals for the gym. Um, but I think, Dan, this is a pretty good place to start to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign off, where can everybody find you? What's your Instagram so we can see those reels? Yeah, yeah. You definitely got to check out um, Amiskag Bed. Uh, I'm sorry, Amiskag Fitco, which is our Bedford one. Amiskag Concord, which is the Concord one. Um, and then you can follow, we have Amiskag Nutrition. Um, and we also have the Amiskag Classic, which is our two-day uh, individual competition that happens the week after the CrossFit Games. So, but the reels will be on the, the two Amiskag channels, the Amiskag Fitco and the Amiskag Concord. And yeah, like and subscribe, I guess, is what the kids say, right? Exactly. I'm about to say it too. <laughs> well, thank you, Dan, so much. We appreciate your time and your contribution to the podcast. We look forward to seeing what you all accomplished on the road. And to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joseph, and joining me on the show is Chantel from A Beautiful Surprise in Harriman, Utah. Welcome to the show, Chantel. How are you doing today? Hi. I'm doing really well. How are you? 
I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for asking. Um, thank you for hopping on the show today to uh, share with you know other gym owners and aspiring gym owners. Um, and I'm very excited to learn about what you have going on at your facility. But before we dive into the business side of things, when you first opened your facility, what was the vision you had in mind for it for the long term? Mm, I think in long term, I was always, I'm, in a, I'm a visionary as well. So I think I always was like, yeah, we'll start here. And then what my goal is currently as well is opening up more locations. Okay. So to open up more locations. Uh, so with that being said, right now, do you only have one location or do you also do some online stuff? What does that look like? Yeah. So I have a brick and mortar where it's located in Harriman, Utah, like you mentioned, but then I also teach virtually online. Okay. Awesome. Cool. So with that being said, why don't you give the listeners your elevator pitch? So the services you offer, you know, group classes, PT, what do you do? Ooh, the elevator pitch. Always <laughs> like, the fun part. It's like a sock to the gut. You know, <laughs> everything else that I teach also, it's kind of, it's a, it's a reverse of the, of the elevator pitch. So I believe that I energetically attract the clients that are meant to come to me. And I don't necessarily ever have one elevator pitch that I say out loud. It's whatever is top of heart at the time. So part of me wanting to open up more locations is I just want to be the catalyst for people to understand how good they can look and they can feel and they can be in the world. So what I teach on the Pilates side here is it's all physical. It's from the outside in, but that changes the way that they move through life, the way that they show up for their children, for their partners, for their own careers. So when I say that Pilates, doing Pilates with me is life changing, I don't mean that like as in a, you know, like a chop elevator. <laughs> it literally is. It becomes this, how do I possibly find the time or the money to do Pilates with you when I'm already doing X, Y, and Z into this is the highlight of my day. And if I'm not doing this, then not only do I feel like the repercussions of rolling out of bed and the gravity and all of that, but I start to notice that I'm grumpier and that I'm not just as joyful. Yeah. So yeah. Does that work for an elevator pitch? Yeah. I like it. You made it really personal there. And um, I'm personally curious here. What got you into the Pilates, you know, side of fitness? Oh gosh. This is one of my favorite stories. So but way back in 2003, I, um, I was graduating from the university of Utah. I was on the path to uh, law school. So my my four years of study at the university was headed towards, you know, I had interned at the West Wing, the White House, I'd gone through the CIA, I'd sat with Ruth Bader Ginsburg, like this was my career, I was moving that direction politics. And it came down to me just feeling like I can't possibly apply for the, these law schools. And I don't know why, but I'm just not going to force myself. And I know, no, you know, now in retrospect, look, looking back, it set me on the path for where I am now. Mm -hmm. So I just took a little pause, super long story as to how this came to be, but someone was opening a gym and wanted to know if they would, if I would sit with him because I had worked with a personal trainer. He just wanted to know, like, from your side, what caused you to hire this personal trainer, right? And I sat with him and he offered me a job as a personal trainer. I mean, talk okay. about maybe for my political career. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm not going to law school, so I might as well, like, <laughs> might as well try this, yeah. you know, meantime. Um, but I was bit by the bug and I loved it. And um, that led to, you know, unfortunately he closed his doors soon after, which kind of falls in line with what you're, you're doing with his podcast here. Um, so I went into another small gym local and they had uh, Pilates machines. Okay. And the Pilates machines were sitting there and I, you know, I asked what they were. They were super foreign. This is nearly 
I don't know, it's 2003. So nearly 20 years ago, right? Wow. It's been a while ago. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> I, know, I don't know how that's possible when I am 20 years old myself. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I asked, you know, what the machines were. And they said, well, we happen to have uh, someone coming in who is going to offer a training on these machines and what Pilates even is in two weeks. So I signed up, I did that. And, you know, then that company ended up closing its doors as well. And so I went out on my own. I sat down in the yellow pages. I found a gym that would let me come in and I purchased equipment, no joke, at a hundred percent interest. You know, I was a young kid. No, I know no credit, what credit I did have. It was insane. But I, had to, I bought two pieces of equipment within three months. I had paid them off, bought two more. So in hindsight, like, clearly this was like the, what I call the red carpet of the universe ruling this out. And like, this is your path, go this direction. Yeah. And I, I always, I look back to that moment in time where I trusted my gut and I didn't mm -hmm. apply for law school because so many times in my life. And I think so many times in probably the listeners lives, we've got onto this path of where we think, keep going, grind it out, hustle, right? Keep, like, mm -hmm. and even in university where I was That's like- That's the culture nowadays too. It's just grind it out, whatever, yeah. Grind it out, keep going. The Even the, as we're, I think we're releasing a lot of the hustle mindset, but the belief of I've got to do X to get to Y to achieve Z. And that's where that's, it's just not true. And it really comes back to trusting yourself, your intuition, your own path. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely- you know, that was a convert. That was an interesting conversation to have with my parents of yeah. like, by the way, I'm not going to law school and I'm just going to do some I'm going to do the Pilates training side instead. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm going to sign up for this Pilates thing that nobody knows what it even is. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, here I am. Yeah. It sounds like really everything was laid out right in front of you. Obviously not like, oh, here's what's going to happen. But, you know, just step by step, which I it's really inspiring to hear. So in terms of your Pilates, you know, of, of what you offer at your like your facility what's your you know demographic audience that you serve is it more younger people more older people what does that look like so i am what's considered a classical pilates studio but i also teach contemporary classical meaning the way that joseph pilates quote unquote prescribed his method mm -hmm. which is there are a certain number of reps there are a certain number of springs if you are on equipment and there's a particular order that you go through and what Pilates has put down in the books that he has written and what we know in like archives is that he believed every single person should be doing Pilates. So that's my demographic. I like to say, if you have a body, I can help you feel better, look better, be better. So, you know, having said that, I'm really one of those gym owners that I want to somehow disassemble the stereotypes of what Pilates really is. You know, it's not a bunch of uh, <laughs> women who lunch because they're bored. This is what I hear a lot. Or men who do Pilates because they are already flexible and they already do yoga. So I hear like a lot, well, I can't do Pilates because I'm not flexible enough or I'm not, I need to lose like another 10, 20 pounds. Mm. So, I mean, I know that's kind of like, it's, it's a big statement to make, but I've never come across someone in my near 20 years that I wasn't able to actually help in, in a pretty dramatic way. So my demographic is, it's pretty vast. I will say this, I made a decision almost a week ago that I want to begin training more athletes 
because when they can take the edge of what Pilates can do for them, it like, yeah, it's, it's going to far surpass them in, in their training. So I made that decision. Uh, and I like, I teach energetics as well. So I made that decision. And within 72 hours, I had three athletes reach out to me. So, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I actually just had a thought in my mind, you know, when you mentioned the athletes, cause I know, uh, what's his name? Jake Arietta for the, uh, the Chicago Cubs. He actually does Pilates along with his strength training. So it's like, I agree, you know, the demographic can be anyone. So I really like that. So in terms of, you know, like your membership base, what is that like? Like how many people are you currently serving right now? You know, so this is where my accountant says, you have to know your numbers. And I say, yes, you do. Yes, you do. I, I will promise. I'm the, I'm definitely the one that I'm grateful she keeps me on because year after year, I'm the most unorganized. I'm, you know, I'm the artist, I'm the teacher, I'm the one mm -hmm. <laughs> running the business. You're the creative one here. Yeah, I'm the creative one. And I really am the creative one, even in running the business, you know, I no business training, but highly successful in the way that I am able to run the business. And again, it comes back to energetics. It comes back to like, if it, this feels good, I go for it. And if it doesn't, I don't. So um, I guess I would guess between like 50 and 60 people right now are regular, what we call like unlimited members. Um, and then I have recently paused my online training because I'm going to do a big relaunch startup January 1st of 2023. So ish, like, you know, we're, we're a boutique studio. So, you know, it's 2000 square feet, but the space is also divided up because like, for example, I'm in the studio right now, but this is my office space for where mm -hmm. I teach other things. Okay. So, you know, right now, 50 to 60 and putting a halt on the online training. So moving forward, is that somewhere you want to stop in terms of membership base or, you know, hit the gas a little bit and bring more people into your studio? Oh yeah. It's definitely like pedal to metal at this point We're we're in, we're in momentum acceleration and people are starting to uh, feel a little bit safer to come around other people as well. Um, you know, we do. Yeah, Cause the COVID stuff really did a big impact on, you know, the, like the mindset of going into a gym, but continue what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. Right. And so we, I mean, I make sure that we're doing all of the cleaning protocols. The equipment is washed before and after someone comes in, mm -hmm. you're only touching your own equipment. The reformers are, and, the other piece of equipment as well, not just performers are all spaced out really far from each other. I don't even know, like I couldn't say the distance, but there is something to say about that also, because if, you know, a hundred years ago, the influenza that came through, there was some research that had been done showing that people that were doing Pilates because it is breath work, right? It's the connection between mm -hmm. the mind and the body were healthier, didn't succumb. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, and same thing with, you know, with COVID this round. Um, and that's really when I pivoted to online, when we got mandated to close and I was able to use literally just my voice, my education and um, walk someone through looking, just looking at them through the screen to keep their movement, to keep their, um, their practice going. So yes, yeah. that, yes. Like be very clear. Not even putting a halt on the online right now, because it's in the background. There's there's people like ready to go, right? And so, okay, we're so like, you're still doing it. It's just not as big of as a priority right now because you do want to relaunch it. 
Yeah, I think that the priority is just getting the education out there and letting people know that one, you don't need the equipment. I mean, that is a conversation we can have eventually if they want to add the equipment, um, but that you can do Pilates. And it really is about uh, the education and the eye of the teacher. So me being able to watch you through the screen and say like, move your pinky toe three meters or three millimeters to the right. Mm -hmm. All of that matters. So it's the, you know, I like to say if you've tried Pilates before and it wasn't absolutely life changing, uh, then give us a try. Okay. Awesome. So, you know, in terms of the membership base, what are you currently doing to aid in that growth process moving forward? Yeah. Um, in terms you know, of marketing. Just, so, you know, social know. medias, word of mouth, what does that look like? Yeah. What I really do is it's like that M word. Um, I have had several business coaches and I have honestly just kind of walked from all of those programs and those teachings. And so what I do now, I guess you could consider it marketing is I do social media and I do quite a bit. I do at least a post a day. And, but what I'm really sharing is my life and who mm -hmm. I am. And then, you know, the clients that are here as well, because they, I call them like, we're the, a beautiful surprise tribe. It's you come here, people come early, they want to hang out, they want to see each other, they make friends. It's the camaraderie, it's the community. Mm. And then they stay after and they hang out. It's my favorite thing to watch, be teaching the next class and watch people standing outside still talking and chatting with each other. Yeah. So I'm it's not a good sign of the community, that's for sure. Yeah. And so I'm not necessarily following any kind of business training or marketing. I'm just, um, you know, letting me speak my heart mm -hmm. and letting those that hear that um, come to us. So okay. social media, I would say, is like the biggest one right now. I don't okay. do any, I don't have business cards. I don't have flyers. I don't have, I don't Good. have any. Yeah. Good, because the best way to market in this day and age in 2022 is through social media. So that's good that you know that and you're not wasting money on the old school traditional ways. So good yeah. job, Chantel. Well, I get um, all the time. Like we live, we have your business card. I'm like, I kind of am the business card. Like, yeah. What, like, ask me questions. I don't. I'm selling like, myself to like selling my like my idea of myself to you, so you come in and work with me. You know, so, it's no yeah. more of the physical paper and handing out and they throw it yeah. away. It's just a waste of money. Even my um, website is so outdated. So, well, well there you go. <laughs> um, so. In terms of your social media, you know, you're really having a personalized approach, which is really good, uh, really builds that connection with, you know, prospects and your current clients. But is it only organic or do you also use paid advertising? I've done paid advertising maybe five times, mm -hmm. maybe. Okay. Um, and like I just got into TikTok, which I love. And I think I've paid $10 in total with TikTok. Um, yeah, I used to do a little bit, like I would do, I don't know, I probably spent less than a hundred bucks in total with like just those boost ad things. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I use, um, I'll use hashtags, but a lot of the times I'll kind of forget and I'll just put it out there. Mm -hmm. Um, and I do, here's what I do also is I believe that there's always a meaning behind the meaning. And so I will do something like that as well. Like I will, for example, I taught a class this morning and I recorded just a, a piece of it. I only also record if the clients feel really comfortable with it. So if someone says, I don't want to be in it, some people will say, yeah, I don't care if you record it. Just don't tag me. Some people will say like, will you please record some of this class and tag me and make a reel and like all the things, right? So I, whatever the client is comfortable with, that's what I do. I'm there 
feeling safe is always the, my highest priority. Yeah. Um, but I'll do something like that where I ordered, there was three people that I had trained this morning and then mm -hmm. I'll make something like that. But there's also like, we had a conversation in the background underneath it. And so I'll use like a hashtag at something along the lines of like, it was, you know, quote unquote, supposedly like off topic, th those kind of things, because that's really like the connection piece also that, um, you know, it's kind of like a, um, what's the term, like a, like a secret that's only between the two of you or the four of us. What's that term? I'm not sure what the term it's is. Something like that. We're like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, cool. <laughs> uh, so, so let's just say someone, you know, sees you on the social medias or comes to your facility. What does the process look like from them walking in and you turning them into a new paying member? Yeah. So I like to have a conversation with them. I like to know what they are seeking, mm -hmm. um, what they anticipate if they've done Pilates before. And, um, you know, it's, it's, um, from there, it's a lot of health history. So first of all, coming in, and that's really the biggest step, right? By the time someone walks in or reaches out to me, which I know most like 99% of people who reach out to me on social media say, I've been watching you for over a year. So I that think increases the conversion rates too, which is really good for business. Yeah. And so I'll speak to a lot of like, I know you're watching. I know you're out <laughs> Why wait another nine months if it's been three, you know? So there's something about um, the anticipation of walking into a Pilates studio still, I think. And so that's my first step. One is letting them know that we're all human here. Yeah. We're all real and um, letting them know that this is their safe space. This will become, whether I say that verbally or not, this will become the place where they feel like they can just let their guard down, where they can be themselves, where they can feel supported. And, and um, it, you know, the reverse of, I hear a lot of uh, people when they first want to start, like, I just don't want to look, I don't want to look like a fool. What if yeah. I can't do it? I don't want to look stupid or dumb or like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yes. Exactly. And the thing Human is- Human insecurity, yeah. Yes. <laughs> And everyone else is already, like, everyone else is thinking the same thing, one, but it's also the culture of what I built here. So I have literally suggested to some people who don't fit that kind of energetics that they wouldn't fit here because I'm not just going to take anyone who can pay me mm -hmm. to be able to come here. It's, you know, this is, it literally is a tribe and I call it the tribe because, you know, we we're choosing to be here. Yeah. So the process is, it kind of depends on the individual where they're coming in and, and their level of comfortability. It might be something like, let me go grab my Mac and let's get you signed up. And then let me know your health history and we'll know, you know, and then I let my team know, okay, they've had, you know, X, Y, and Z. So you'll know how to move them safely and correctly. Awesome. But it just depends on the person. Yeah. Yeah. I like that approach. And so let's let, like, just say that someone turns into a new member. What does the process look like to keep them for the long term? So a year to five years from now. Yeah, I really like to suggest to them. So we, we've leveled out our classes, starting level one, and then we move to level two, and then eventually level three. Mm. The goal is to get about 10 sessions in the first three weeks. Pilates is so gentle, yet like a really kick butt workout. I don't know if you can yeah. swear on here. So I like, I caught myself. You're good. You're good. Perfectly <laughs> fine. <laughs> Sometimes like if I trip, like I'm holding the F word in, I'm holding the F word in. <laughs> uh, but it's so gentle. You can do it every single day. And what we teach also is then how you do this 
on your own on the days you can't come into the studio. But there's somewhere in there, there's a sweet spot of if you can make 10 times in the first three weeks, it's this, uh, you all of a sudden discover the ways that you're moving within yourself, mm. no matter how proficient, like even athletes, no matter how proficient you are, how um, coordinated, right? Corporate reception, all of the things, you start to discover that the Pilates difference. And there's a famous Pilates quote, I'm mean, like kind of paraphrase, but he said, in, in 10 sessions, you will feel a difference. In 20, you will see a difference. And in 30, you will have a whole new body. And I wholeheartedly see that and believe that. So it's that 10, it's like that hook of like, let's just get 10 in the first three weeks. Mm -hmm. And by then you're ready to move into level two classes. And okay. then it opens up the schedule for them as well. So that's kind of, you know, in general, that's where um, we have people start. And yeah, it becomes like, how have I lived my whole life without this? Yeah. So once like the first 10 classes, you know, kind of go by, it's kind of like the hook that like gets them in to keep them long term. I yeah. like that. Um, yeah. So second to last question here for you, Chantel, you know, in the gym and fitness world, there are three pillars of business. So the first one being lead, like lead generation and acquisition. So getting people through your doors and then turning them into members. Second mm -hmm. being retention. So keeping them for the long term. So a year to five years from now, or maybe even longer. Third being ascension. So increasing the overall lifetime value of each member. So, you know, adding in supplements or upgrading their program to have them spend more money with you. Out of those three, where do you think you can improve the most on and why? Hmm. I think there's something in the middle there where I do offer products as well. And I've teamed up with a local CBD company. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of like the ascension part of it, right? But there's somewhere in the middle where people are moving from level one to level two classes and really retaining them from the level two moving into level three. There are very few people I've ever come across that can do every single Pilates exercise because that's just how challenging it is. Mm -hmm. And so that, and this is why I'm thinking I want to tap into athletes so they can push them beyond what they think their edge is. Okay. For me, I think it's somewhere in the middle there of um, honing in on the programs that I'm teaching to take them from, okay, now you've got this level two. And I've actually designed a class called the level 2.5 called the one, two advanced crew. Okay. <laughs> So it's like, it's that middle part between two and three to keep people, um, you know, ugh, gosh, I'm going to say this. So it's so challenging that sometimes I think it can get where like, do I really feel mentally prepared to go and do that class? Okay. So I tell them take level one classes, right? Level one classes are still incredibly challenging when you know how to effort in them. Um, but yeah, there's, excuse me, there's something in yeah. that middle, like level 2.5 something or other. Um, that I think I, I could improve on for sure. Okay, cool. So last question for you here, Chantel. Paint me and the listeners a picture. What are your short-term and long-term goals for your gym business? Mm, okay, so short-term, uh, I built, you know, increased clientele, um, really, uh, I, like the word fun for whatever reason comes keeps coming to mind. I think that there was a, in my own personal life, I've had some stuff going on where I've lost the fun in what I do. I've lost mm -hmm. the fun in how I teach. I've lost the fun in me even taking the classes, but I'm at that pivotal mark. Like the line in the sand has been drawn. I'm on the other side of it where um, 
it's just becomes even more fun. You know, sometimes I like, I even still, I like pinch myself that I get paid to do this. And I'm also a teacher training facility as well. So I get to help people um, go through the training and become Pilates teachers. So short-term uh, have even more fun, let it. And when I'm having more fun, they will as well. Long-term open up even more studios. So not necessarily like franchising a beautiful surprise, but the way that I know I can operate the business and build it to be able to branch out and um, yeah, open up more physical locations, keep growing the online, the virtual Pilates and, um, you know, really honor. There's so many Pilates studios that are not necessarily teaching Pilates. So I want to really honor Joseph Pilates and what he created and what he left for us in the method. And um, let people understand that really if they do Pilates, how much like how much better they really will be able to de-age their themselves physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Chantel, I think that's a great place to start to wrap things up here in this episode. But before we sign off, where can the listeners find you on your website and your social medias? Okay. Don't go to my website. <laughs> so outdated. <laughs> okay. Um, probably uh, it's under my business name, A Beautiful Surprise. And surprise is spelled with a Z, P-R-I-Z-E. Um, Instagram or TikTok. I'm on Facebook as well, but that's my personal page. So probably Instagram or Facebook would be the best places to find me. Awesome. Cool. Well, Chantel, thank you for hopping on the podcast today and sharing your story. And to everyone else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. And don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us to talk about your gym, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Jim Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, we have Hallie and Grace of Deer Valley Athletic Club joining us from Boone, North Carolina. Ladies, what's going on? How are we today? Oh, we're good. Doing great. A little cold up here, but good. <laughs> A little cold. I don't feel bad for you. I have snow outside of oh. my door, so I have very little sympathy for you all the way from New York. <laughs> uh, anyway, guys, obviously the, the crux of our conversation is going to surround Deer Valley Athletic Club and, and the business aspects of this. Before we dive into the nitty gritty of, of what you guys do from a day to day to grow this thing, Give us a little bit of context and description here. When when somebody asks you what Deer Valley Athletic Club is, what do we tell them? 
Yeah, normally we start off with uh, the tennis component. You know, that's kind of the 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 big part of our programming here. So we've got the indoor and outdoor tennis courts. We've got our tennis directors and instructors, and it keeps us hopping uh, year round. That's our big year round program. And then, of course, we have lots of kids programming that brings our young families in here, which is a super important part for us um, as we build community connections. Yeah. And so we'll we'll dive into all of the various components of this, of which there are many, believe me. For the people listening here, walk us through how you became involved, because this business has existed long before your direct ownership here. Tell us a little bit about how and why that transition took place. Yeah, so I became a member in 2006. Uh, I had four kids and this was the only outdoor pool uh, in our community. And so it was important at the time I was a school teacher and it was important to me that I got to spend summers with my kids uh, where I could just have fun. And so that's kind of how I got to know Deer Valley. And then um, through being a member here, got to know all the ins and outs. My kids played tennis, you know, they grew up, became teenagers, did all the things they do. And now they're, they're adults. And um, my youngest was uh, taking gymnastics from Grace <laughs> and Grace was um, feeling a bit overwhelmed with some things that were going on at the club. And so I asked if I could just help come in part-time and help her. And that's kind of how the relationship got built from a business perspective. I've had, I had a, a bookkeeping background from my management uh-huh. background. And so I came in and started helping with all the bookkeeping and scheduling and um, just different things. Um, and it just kind of kept building. Um, and then it became evident that there was some, some, some problems financially with the previous yeah. owner. And that's how it developed to where um, I ended up in the, in the hot seat, if you want to call it that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and took and, over and ownership. So for context here, for people listening, this is, this is quite a conglomerate. This is not your average uh, shopping center fitness club. This is right. 36,000 square feet of various products and services. And so when you say financial issues were coming up, everything is amplified that much more. And you could see it in the numbers before it took place in, in actual practice. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. And when it was started in 1986, the, the family that built this were surrounded by uh, condominiums. And so originally it's, it was built as a private club that was to be, you know, for families in our area to come and join. There was, you know, pretty high initiation fees, things of that sort. And then through the years, it kind of evolved into more of like a semi-private club. Um, and that's kind of where it stayed mm-hmm. ever since. But through that, through the different ownerships, I think it's been through. I think you might be the eighth. Yeah. I think I'm the eighth owner in the, since 1986. And 
no one just would keep because it's such a large facility it's almost impossible to try to keep up with the the maintaining of all the the parts of the facility oh, sure. <laughs> and it just yeah. it just catapulted and it just kept going and kept catapulting and to the point where it was just in such a you know like when i took it over for instance the the carpet was still the original carpet from 1986 yeah, uh, we've depreciated you know. those assets long before you took over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it was either yeah. it, we either needed to do a massive facelift um, or or it needed to be torn down and 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 turned into something else. So um, we did the facelift. <laughs> so we did the facelift. And, and, and it so had, we doubled down, right? We yep. did. We did. COVID actually, in, in the funniest of ways, helped with that because mm -hmm. I was able, you know, when the shutdown happened, it was March. And so we didn't have any, any way to do outdoor programming at all because we're in the mountains of North Carolina. So we had about three months where it was just um, Grace and myself and a couple other of our key employees that I tried to keep on um, because this was their full-time job. And we yeah. literally painted the entire facility. Every room. Yeah, it's, it. uh, it's unfortunate <laughs> to look at it as as a positive, but it sounds like this was kind of the reset button that this business needed. It was, right? it was. Yeah. And, you know, COVID brought its own challenges, of course. Uh, but then once we were able to open up outside, we could still offer tennis. We still had the outdoor pool and we set up an outdoor gym mm -hmm. and we just had a good community of members that didn't, they didn't leave us. They kept paying their dues even through the shutdown. And we just kept trying to offer more and more things that we could through that time to help try to retain those that we had. Um, and and we made it through so so here we are right this is uh if we can stay quote unquote the other side i want to work through somewhat backwards here and mm -hmm. look to the future of where you see this thing going long term and then we can kind of brainstorm what it's going to take today onward as you guys see the vision of this What's the trend? Where are we going in the next handful of years, at least? Where do we want to see this is probably a better question. Um, I would say, you know, the five-year goal would be to have enough membership that we're able to start a wait list that we, we can't, that we'll be at capacity. Um, we're even what is that our, number? What do we say, Grace? 350? Mm, 350 year-round members. Yeah, so we're about 100 members away. Which is not, okay. I mean, that sounds huge, but it actually is not that, that's a, that's a doable number. In five years, In definitely five years. steady growth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So oh, you, yeah, we could do a hundred soon if, if things are attacked properly. Right. I guess my question here in, in terms of industry conventional wisdom, maybe the 36,000 square feet is a little bit misleading, but why 350? Why not far higher than that? Go ahead. I was just going to say, we're, we are limited with our space, especially with the tennis courts. We have three indoor tennis courts. So I think first we would probably have to cap our 
tennis memberships um, before our fitness classes. Uh, we do have we have plenty of space in our gym, but I, like there's only so many courts that our tennis members can use, um, and they are getting fuller and fuller because our tennis membership has skyrocketed, while our social memberships has kind of plateaued a little bit. Um, so we're kind of seeing that. I see. Yeah, that makes far more sense, and so we can sell different services, right? Is the tennis close to capacity? Certainly. Do we have opportunity to closer? Do we have opportunity to to then shift our focus elsewhere? Of course. For you guys, it sounds like client acquisition is is front of mind here, right? Rebuilding post-pandemic, we need customers first and foremost. And so from a, a lead generation or a marketing standpoint, what's been working for you guys to to start getting some new people through the doors yeah we um i mean first and foremost we just we had to we had to take care of all the updates we had to mm-hmm. to be more modern to be you know have a cleaner feel we've updated a lot of our equipment in the fitness area um our communication yeah, a huge thing. That was a big one, you know, and just got everything working properly. You know, we've got saunas and steam rooms and that's a, that's not something that is common, um, in most gyms. And so, you know, as a member, you, you know, these are, these are things that are free to you, but they need to be functioning and working properly. So that was our goal this year. This was- is important. Yes. Mm-hmm. So our goal this year was to get everything updated, working properly and running smoothly. And so, uh, 2023, we are going to, you know, we've always done a lot of community outreach. So we have an Easter egg hunt. We do a Halloween trick or treat through the whole inside of our building. Um, we've always tried to build community to where new people are coming in the building all the time. We have a public restaurant that is in the upper part of our building. And so that, um, we use as a means of just it's really an awareness issue for us is mm-hmm. making sure people are aware that we even exist. Uh, we have that's, to, that's the tried and true challenge in our industry is, guys. Right. You are, you are not alone in that sake. Um, yeah. and, and, and it we, sounds you know, like we're, we're sort of rebuilding the foundation yep. now. So then we can then stack in the future. Do you think yeah. that'll take the shape of, a little bit more formalized marketing or, or advertising to get new awareness once we are ready for that? Yes. So um, next year, 2023 is that's kind of our target is Grace and I are going to be formulating a marketing plan. Um, we mm-hmm. just got um, note that our area chamber of commerce, we're going to be hosting their very first event of the year. Um, which is, it's a, that's a big deal for us up here. I think we've got close to 800 businesses in our chamber of commerce. And so usually that, if you can get that first slot, we, that's the big one. That's the biggest one that, that, that people come to. So we're pretty excited. It's kind of like our launch for our year of marketing. And, you know, like I told Grace, you know, I want to be in every newspaper, every magazine, every, we just need people to know where we are and what we're doing and, and how we're the best kept secret of, of our area. You know, we have, our winters are really, if we're realistic, our winters are about six months long up here. I mean, there, it just gets cold and stays cold. Mm -hmm. And we are one of the only facilities that offer so many different, a variety of different things that you can do 
um, in the winter months. We have an indoor pool, we have the racquetball, we have the tennis, we have the fitness, you know, the saunas, the you know, steam rooms, the kids gym. We're just really trying to market that this year. Yep, there's a lot to, to market. And, and so this is no small task for you guys. What about the digital side of things? Fitness has sort of come and gone in the recent years on, on the back of social media. Is that front of mind for you guys? Um, we have, like during COVID, we did a lot of digital classes. We were able to do virtual, you know, people could come, but we would also, um, you know, Zoom in people that wanted to participate. Um, but now we've really seen an increase in people coming back to classes, like in in-person classes is where it's at right now. We've, we've just added three classes this month because people were, you know, the classes were getting full and they wanted more. And, you know, that's just such a, a great thing to see. People want that interaction because we were without it for so long. Mm -hmm. um, sure. you know, as far as digital, I think, you know, we, we use so, yeah, that. That, that, And that was what I meant is, is more from a marketing sense, not from a yeah. service fulfillment side of things, but can we get the word out? whether yeah. it's Facebook or Instagram we, or whatever the platform of choice is. Yeah, we've we've kind of learned through the past three years, especially that um, social media for us is it's as long as we keep it more personal, that tends to be where we get the biggest jumps. Right. And so, you know, lots of, you know, of course, we're highlighting our events, we're getting it out there, we're inviting the public and doing all that when we can, but just showing um, what we do here and, and very real, you know, sharing our story, basically day to day, like classes, clinics, people love to see that they love to see, you know, meet our staff, personal things like that, as opposed to just like, this is the, what we're doing, you know, on this date, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. That seems yep. to be the way social media is working best for us. Yeah. Take us to the next step here, guys. I think Getting awareness is is one part of the equation, but at, cer at a certain point, we need to transition these people into paying members, right? That's what we're really after through all of this. When somebody reaches out to you guys, tell me a little bit about that sales process. Who are they meeting with? What are they signing up for? What does that conversation typically entail? So typically when they um, come in, I will, I'm kind of in charge of handling that process. Um, so if they, you know, if they talk to someone, one of our front desk staff, um, you know, they'll let me know and then I can contact them. Um, you know, we have a few different types of memberships. So that's usually where I start is walking them through that um, process of, you know, do you want to be seasonal? Do you want to be year round? Um, kind of what is it that you're going for? And then, you know, if they hopefully decide they want to join, um, you know, we have a good process of onboarding them. You know, we've got emails. Um, I always make a phone call. And then we, um, you know, if they're tennis members, we get them plugged in with the right people, with our tennis directors. If they're, you know, just our social members, we're sure that they are aware of all of our things that we have going on. Um, but as far as the sales part of it, I think... Um, you know, they come to me and our front desk staff is really great too about kind of giving tours and, you know, people, people love, they can look at pictures all day long on our website, but until they're in here and they feel, you know, kind of what Deer Valley is and feel the whole tour, then, you know, that's what we, 
that's whenever they join because they can see what's different between us and the community recreation center. Yeah. And one of the one of the things we worked hard on as part of that updating is we really tried to get everything paperless. Mm -hmm. So you, you know, before as before before 2020, everything was done on paper. You had to fill out your application. All that was all done on paper. So now we've got it all, oh, man. all digital. It's totally all online. Digital. You can you can you can join as a member without, I mean, you actually can join without ever having to talk to any of us. You can you go can. on our website and join and it takes care of everything for you. And then it automatically sends your welcome email that gets you to our app that then, you know, and then at that point, Grace makes the phone call to welcome them. We try to make sure we have, you know, the digital touch point with the emails plus the personal touch point right. um, with phone calls. And then, you know, we provide a map, but as well as, you know, an, you know, they can make an appointment to make a tour to, to, right. so that we can share and show them and teach them how to use the equipment, things like that. Yeah. And people do that more, more often now, you know, they'll just, they'll join and then they're like, Hey, I'd love to come get a tour of the facility. I'm like, great. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Glad you're already a member. So. Yeah. And, and so it makes the sales process easier for oh, yeah. for the sake yeah. of people listening in a model similar to this guys i talked to many many gym owners and and there's a lot of pros and cons to this but at that point of sale why don't you tell people listening either why we do or why we don't initiation fees or or any kind of club enhancement fees, whatever the title we put on it. Is that something that you guys use and, and why or why not? Yeah, when um, when I joined in just as a uh, employee, all initiation fees had been waived and it was like that probably for what, three years? At least, yeah. And membership was up, but it wasn't, it wasn't, mem it, people weren't bought into Deer Valley. It was, it was just a very, um, it was a membership to have a membership. Yeah. It was no. just very static. There just wasn't a lot of family feel. And, um, when, when I took over in 2020, I said, enough of that, we're going to have an initiation fee. You have to have some buy-in to what you're doing. Um, and it just gives that extra, like, I really want to be a part of Deer Valley. I don't mind, you know, mind paying that initiation fee. And we, and we proposed it to everybody that, you know, the reason why we have an initiation fee is that's what helps us upkeep um, the facilities. Yeah. Especially you know, after the investment put into this. Right. right. And so you're investing and, and by your investment, we're, we are promising to, to take care of the facilities. And so um, the highest initiation fee is $500, and that's for our full tennis members. Um, and then I think the lowest one is what, 250 200 for, yeah. For an individual mm -hmm. that's like a social mm -hmm. individual membership. So it's tiered based on what your responsibility in the club is kind of thing and, you know, what yep. you're investing in. Got it. And with the various services that you guys have, I, I speak to a lot of models like this and they derive just as much revenue from things like personal training, things like group training, in your case, the tennis membership, nutrition coaching, whatever various layers we can add on. Where in that does this factor in for you guys? Does is that conversation at the membership sign up? Is this hosted down the line? Tell me a little bit about how we are attempting to steer people towards some of those things. 
Yeah. So when they, if they join, if they join as a year round member in that welcome letter, they automatically either get a free tennis clinic, um, a free gymnastics class or personal training. Right. So whether, whatever Avenue they're coming in for, whether it's fitness, um, kids or tennis, we give them an Avenue just to go ahead and jump in first one's free. And then, um, our tennis director, if they're a full tennis member, he immediately will call and try to find out who they are, where they are in their tennis, you know, process and get them plugged in the goal. If you can get them plugged into whatever it is they're interested in, they're going to take the classes. They're going to pay for the extra things. Mm -hmm. It's not hard. Um, it's just figuring out what they're, what lane they're in, what they're, what they're heading for. Yep. And it, and it matters because we're serving such a wide variety of demographics here. Yes. I want to revisit kind of the, the end goal that you guys mentioned. All of this, everything that we've talked about so far is in pursuit of building that membership back up, right? Tennis members and general members. What do you guys think is going to be the, the hardest part of this as you move forward? That's a great question. Um, you know, it's easy to say that we have a goal and you set a goal. And then how do you reach that goal? And I know still, you know, in this community, I still hear so many people say, we had no idea you were there. We're not, because we're not in the middle of town, you know, mm -hmm. we're just yeah. right on that outskirt of town and not everybody comes over to this side of town. And so I think, you know, that's going to be the big thing. And we also are a tourist um, destination. And so we're trying to tap into that a little bit and figure out how we can um, utilize those that are coming in for their vacation and, you know, be a part of their vacation. So we're just trying to be creative to, to reach the goals that that we're trying to reach. And I mean, honestly, when you have a facility this big and you're trying to maintain it, just, just in your basic fixed cost alone, it's just, it's a, it's expensive. And so the goal is to try to get, you know, membership is what pays for your fixed costs. Um, mm -hmm. You know, commission work and all of that, it kind of, you know, that that's not, you can't count on that to be, um, to take care of a facility like this. So that that for me you know that's the challenge is to you know get to a place where where we're running in the black like really running in the black instead of it yeah, constantly you know month to month most gym owners know that feeling you know that month to month is is how you live for a long stressful. time yeah until you get stressful. to that place where you're not on the month to month anymore and it's like huh and that's the success that's when you know that you're like okay Yes. Yeah. And it, it sounds like it's, it's quite an uphill battle as seven or eight owners before you have experienced in this location. So I think you guys have your work cut out for you. We're running yeah. a bit shy on time here, guys. Um, but I want to save a couple of minutes for you guys to let people know where they can learn more about this. What's the best website? What's the best social media? Where can people go to find out about Deer Valley? Um, so we have our website. We 
we finally, there was, we had no website until I believe 2020 when <laughs> Hallie took over. So now we have an, a website that we keep up to date. Um, so it's uh, deervalleyathletic.club. Um, so that's how people, you can join from the website. We have our calendars, we have um, all of our upcoming events, everything, everything important that you need to know would be on our website. And then we have um, Facebook. We don't use Facebook as much as Instagram. I would say Instagram is our main um, social media and it's the same it's deer valley athletic um underscore nc so we have that is our our instagram and we post updates on there a few times a week and then all of our events um we do follow-up posts with that as well that's perfect guys i i really <laughs> appreciate the inside book it's always a, a worthwhile conversation to to see behind the curtain of what's really happening within a business and, and to kind of brainstorm and crowdsource where to go from here. Uh, I can't thank you enough, guys. This has been a bunch of fun for me. I'm excited to see what this looks like as you guys move forward, because it sounds like there's so much potential here. So for now, I thank you and, and I wish you guys nothing but the best. Great. Yes, thanks. Thanks, thanks for having us. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lawrence out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.